This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermova, and this is episode 24, How to Select Online Classes for Your Children. There is now a plethora of online classes available for children of all ages, and there are so many different types that it can often be quite overwhelming. I know when I was homeschooling my children, initially there weren't really any online classes, and then there were not that many, so it wasn't as hard. But now online classes have opened up so many new opportunities, and just about anything that your child might want to study, you can find a class for. So I thought that it would be helpful, as somebody who actually provides online classes, to talk you through what type of things you should be thinking about. Um, Because although our classes are one certain type, I have spoken to many other people who provide different types of classes. And so I think I can give you a perspective on a variety. Plus, I myself have taken online classes and um, some of my children have also. So I'm going to look at seven different things I think you should consider when deciding what online class to enroll your child in. The first thing is obviously cost. You know the old adage, you get what you pay for. And this is very true with online classes too. Many people will post, I'll see online on Facebook saying, oh, I'm wanting some free classes for my children, some free online classes. If you're wanting a free online class, and there are many available, you are going to get something that your child will be working through at their own pace and they're not likely to be getting any feedback because obviously who has the time to sit and help somebody live um, for nothing? It's just, it's obviously not reasonable. So the online ones are going to be ones that um, you will have to be monitoring that your child is actually doing it and you will need to be working through it with them and making sure that they're getting it correct. Some of the um, free online ones will have forums for questions, but you aren't likely to get any sort of immediate assistance if you need it. And I can tell you here my own experience. I did, um, I've done a number of Coursera classes and I didn't pay for any of them. One of them I did was on how to actually teach online virtually. And that one did have some peer reviews and it was pretty easy to know and to understand what they were teaching and to be able to um, do the projects. However, I also took one on coding in Python. I did that ahead of creating my own one class for, for students. I wanted to see how it was done. And there, every now and again, I did get stuck on assignments. I could go and post, and sometimes I got help and sometimes I didn't in the forums, but I didn't have a teaching assistant or a teacher who I could email and get them to respond to me. And sometimes that was very frustrating. The more that you're getting from the teacher, typically the more expensive the class will be. So obviously if the teacher is putting in a lot of hours and they have perhaps having live sessions and then they're grading it you're going to be paying more than for something where you have minimal interaction with the teacher 
Uh, another thing to consider when looking at the cost is, is there any way of getting your money back? My own experience here was that um, with my youngest son, I signed up for um, an online math class for him, um, a calculus class. And the actual content was great. However, what we didn't understand, it just, it wasn't very obvious on the website, but this wasn't a lecture based one, but in fact, the lecturer simply like typed on the screen. So it was all text based. And my son had to sit and read the text and then respond every now and again, he'd ask the class to like type in the answers to things, etc. And he had to track along while it was all literally text on a screen. I just had never thought that anyone could do that. And he really, really hated it. So although he did go to college well prepared, it was an extremely hard class for him to, to work through, but I couldn't get my money back. And so he just had to go and live through it. Uh, Finder Funder Academy, our sponsor, does offer a 14 day money back guarantee. And that is because of my own experience. I don't want anybody to ever be stuck with a class that just doesn't work out for them. And within two weeks, you really should be able to see if it's gonna work or not. So check and see, is there a way to, to get your money back or are you going to be stuck and have to live with it? Uh, the second thing to consider is, do you want synchronous or asynchronous? And synchronous means that you are that the child is live in a classroom asynchronous means it's they can work at any time of the day or night that you're not all working together so typically um, synchronous as i said are, are live while asynchronous are recorded sometimes you do find combos so some of the live classes will actually also record their sessions um, so that they can be watched afterwards and this does add flexibility to it and when you're trying to decide which one's going to be better for your child, you need to think, do they like a classroom scenario? Would they like to be sitting there with um, other people also online, perhaps being able to even see some of them in the classroom? They can see their teacher live. They can talk in real time to the teacher, hear the teacher addressing them. Then a synchronous class is a really good idea. It also provides structure um, your child knows that at this time of the day, on this day, they're going to be going online and um, doing the class. However, if you have an unpredictable schedule, so maybe your child is doing a sport that often requires them to be busy at different times of the day, or if you like to travel or anything like that, where you just can't be sure that you'd always be around at a certain time, then asynchronous might be a better fit. The third thing to consider is, do you want the work graded or not graded? And obviously this is also likely to affect the price. When you have younger students, um, grading is not terribly important. Um, so for instance, uh, the Funder Funder um, web-based unit studies, there is no particular grading involved. The children work through and do the assignments and it really doesn't matter. However, as your child gets older, you do have to be able to assign a grade for them. And here the question is, who grades and how is grading done? Does, is there an instructor who actually grades and gives feedback or perhaps they use teaching assistants who do that? Um, is it automatically graded? Is it simply all multiple choice? And you, those are fine 
but you don't perhaps want those for all your classes because when you go to college your children do need to know how to actually write a paragraph perhaps even write an essay how to perhaps create a video answer or make a powerpoint so you don't want everything just to be multiple choice because also multiple choice can end up being multiple guess and some children aren't very good at multiple choice and they do far better to explain an answer in their own words so for all those reasons, you need to look and see, you know, how is this, how is the assessment done? Some um, online classes will actually provide the parent with the answer keys and will let them do the grading. Obviously, if, if a teacher is grading, it's, it's, as I said, it's going to be more expensive. Also look and see, are the rubrics provided? I've become a big fan of rubrics because it does really help your child to be able to know what is required of them, whether you're grading or a teacher is grading. That does um, give them an idea exactly what is expected of them. So look at the grading. Uh, number four is self-paced versus deadlines. Now, there are pros and cons of each of these. The pros of self-paced are that you can take as long as you want. And you could often reuse these for multiple children as well. Again, funder funder unit studies uh, fit the bill here. They can take as long or short as they want, and they are always accessible. However, the con is you can take as long as you want. And I know here from experience, I, have, I can think of at least three online classes that I have purchased and I have not completed. I really, really, really want to do these classes. I still want to do them. But because I know I can take as long as I want to, I am just not rushing to do them because there always seems to be something more pressing. However, and I told you about those um, Coursera classes I took. Those were not self-paced. They had deadlines. Um, and even though it was free and it was simply just graded either automatically or it was graded by our peers, we had to submit things by a deadline. And if we were late, we just got zero. And I finished those. Even though I paid nothing, those were the ones I actually completed, whereas ones I've paid for are still uh, sitting in the cloud waiting for me to come there. Um, this is particularly something to consider for high school. If you give your child, unless you're on top of them, and of course, if you're organizing them and making sure they're actually completing a self-paced class, that's fine. But if you kind of say to them, look, here's a chemistry um, class, just work through this and you need to be finished by the end of the semester, that's not going to happen. This is where you need to come in and you need to um, actually schedule it out. Use something like Trello, um, which we heard about last week and give your child the exact plan so that they know when they're meant to be submitting things. And again, this comes down to a lot as to, you know, whether you have time to organize them, how, how structured, how much structure your child needs and how disciplined they are. The fifth thing to think of is class interaction. Uh, Self-paced classes typically don't have any class interaction because you're just doing them in your own time. However, um, both asynchronous and synchronous classes can have class interaction. First of all, if there are synchronous classes, you may be interacting with the teacher in real time and perhaps with the other students in the room. Speech classes, for instance, I know that I've, I've seen speech classes um, being offered online. I know that True North uh, Homeschool Academy, for instance, does that. And obviously, the children will be listening to each other in real time. Forums are another way classes can interact or discussion rooms. I like to um, get my students to use a tool called Padlet to pin work that they've done. So if they've created a video or a graphic, 
I get my students to pin their work on the Padlet and then to all look at each other's work and to actually rate, review, grade, etc., um, upvote, and I give extra credit for those who've done the best. So that they, they're interacting like that. And another way that you can do it is also through group work. Just because you virtually in a classroom doesn't mean you can't have group work. And children can now work very easily together using Google Docs, etc., and um, work together like that. And again, some of the funder funder classes use that. The sixth thing to consider is learning style. How do your children like to learn? There are so many different types of online classes out there that there's something for everyone. Does your child like to sit and listen to a lecture? There are those. Do they like to actually not listen to lectures, but perhaps work through a textbook, but have extra um, instruction, perhaps extra little short videos, uh, and the grading is all done for the uh, quizzes or whatever it is. So there's that kind. Then there are those like funder funders. Most of our funder funder ones utilize a lot of the internet. So I like to add in games and videos and interactive websites. Plus I make some of my own videos and I use some from YouTube. Uh, so it's a far more eclectic style of learning for those who want something a little different every day. Some other children like predictability, so they want to know every week I'm going to have three videos, I'm going to have to write one paper, and I'm going to have a quiz. So look and see what exactly will work for your child's learning style, um, and then choose accordingly. And the seventh thing to consider is rigor. Not all classes are going to be as challenging. And sometimes your child may want some challenge, they need to be stretched. Other times they don't need to be put in a class that is very um, fast paced and perhaps the work is difficult. Um, so you need to just take a look and see the description of the class. So for instance, my classes that are harder, I do designate as honors classes. Um, and I know that this isn't for everyone, and particularly high school classes, perhaps an honors class is better taken by an 11th or 12th grader and rather not a 9th grader. Uh, if you also, it's some classes you just know that your kid doesn't really care about. So for instance, none of mine really loved biology. So I just wanted to take a biology class that would give them the basics and they would get through it. I wasn't looking for something that they could go and take the AP exam afterwards. So again, if they're wanting to do AP exams, look for a class, prepare them for that. Um, and if they're wanting something just so they can check off a subject, look for a class that fits that bill. It's very helpful if you can actually see a demo of what the child will experience before you buy a class. Funder Funder Academy does have a demo classroom. You can find it under the FAQs. We can go and see a module of each of their high school classes. And I've noticed on many other homeschool um, uh, academies that you can you can see uh, some of their work. Sometimes you have you can have partial views of what the uh, the content is. And I would suggest that you do try and have a look before you buy, particularly if you can't get your money back, so that you have a very clear idea of how much work it's going to be, the style and so that there aren't a lot of surprises when your child actually starts. 
So I hope this has been helpful to you. Um, feel free to send me any questions if you have. Do um, take a look at Funder Fund Academy's classes. Look also at True North Homeschool Academy. Um, ours are largely, Funder Fund Academies are asynchronous, though some of them, like Spanish, does have a little bit of live uh, sessions, so some live sessions. True North Homeschool, on the other hand, has um, all, most of their classes are, are live but they also do have some self-paced ones. And True North Homeschool is run by Lisa Neering, who also has the brand new, well, at the moment, it's pretty new, uh, podcast, um, which is Soft Skills 101. So do take a look at that as well. If you want to find the links to anything that we mentioned, just go to homeschoolingwithtechnology.com for all the show notes and look for episode 24. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.